What up? What up? Jimmy Murray here with Frank Petalano, and we are the Cashflow Kings. The Cashflow Kings podcast discusses money, finance, mindset, investing, with an emphasis on real estate. Thanks for joining the Cashflow Kings, and welcome to our new episode with uh, Lincoln Creamery, uh, especially Joe Tashash. We are here to help you crush your goals. Yeah, guys. So we had promised you early in 2020, the first episode, either the last episode of 2019 or the first one in 2020, that we would have more of an entrepreneurial tilt. So Joe is the first entrepreneur that we thought about to bring on to this podcast. Um, I've known him since high school. He's built out multiple businesses, and I think he's going to have a lot of great knowledge to share with you guys today. So Joe, welcome to the show. Great having me. Thank you very much, guys. Appreciate um, you inviting me onto the podcast and looking forward to hopefully uh, educating the audience a little bit. Yeah. So, Joe, maybe if you could just dive in, share a little bit of, of your background, and then we'll fire questions at you and hopefully share a ton of value. Yeah, sure. Um, I, you know what? I, I think that, um, you know, before I even start um, and, and before we even came on this, you know, like I, like I said, I think entrepreneurship is is always a journey. Um, you know, where you start out may not be where you necessarily end up. Um, it's about the knowledge that you uh, gain over that time period. So for me personally, um, when I first came out of college, I had an accounting degree. Um, I did the regular kind of um, typical accounting jobs. Um, so I worked for a couple of firms. Um, actually, I, I got the opportunity, um, you know, very early on in my career to kind of um, go through some different periods of history that actually kind of shaped what my accounting career looked like. So um, I started at a, a very small boutique firm um, in Massachusetts, uh, focused on the tax side of accounting. Um, you know, a lot of people go into the audit side, but um, I, I was more interested in the tax side and I worked specifically with construction. Um, that was really interesting, gave me a really good broad baseline of kind of how the construction industry worked. Um, unfortunately, it was right, I, I graduated right in 2008. And as I got into my job, the market kind of collapsed a little bit, um, you know, with the financial crisis and everything that was going on there. Um, so, uh, unfortunately, I was the, uh, you know, the proverbial last guy in, first guy out scenario. Um, <laughs> yeah. But... Uh, you know, it turned out to be a good experience for me um, because I ended up at Citizens Bank um, and their internal audit department and sort of got to see the whole groundswell around Dodd-Frank and what happened there and how it affected the market and how it affected banks. Um, so here's the crazy thing. I'm going to stop you for a second. You yeah, got a no good flow. We were actually at Citizens Bank at the same time. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were, which so is crazy. So that, um, that's kind of crazy. I never knew that. Now that you say yeah, that, I was, yeah. I was there around the same time. Yeah. And, and honestly, it, it was great because we got, I think you and I both, we got to see the changes in the bank, um, and changes in the, in the, really the whole banking sector. Um, yeah. And it kind of shaped a little bit of how I felt about um, not only uh, banking, um, but also a lot of different industries. So I kind of got a little bit of a broad baseline working there, which was great. Um, went back into um, public accounting for a little while, worked for a firm, and then I kind of ventured out on my own and wanted to open a small business. That's really what kind of drove me. I worked for a local firm in Providence um, and saw a lot of entrepreneurs, a um, lot of companies, um, just what it was they were doing. And I always kind of found myself, it was kind of an interesting situation. 
you know, as accountants, um, we're not necessarily known to be the most intro, uh, extroverted um, bunches of people, right? Right. So I, I knew I kind of was in sort of the wrong industry when um, all of the people around me were like, oh, what's your best part of the week? And I would always say, <laughs> when I get to go out to lunch with the client, <laughs> because that's where I learned the most. That's right. where I learned the most about how people felt about their business and how people knew exactly. It's not always the, the debits and the credits. It's how things and the market changes in order for you to get a broad based understanding of how that impacts your business. Um, and I thought that that was really important to kind of realize that. And I think that's where my first kind of entrepreneurial drive came from in terms of, okay, you know what? It's great to know the numbers, but to actually be in a business is, is kind of where I, I kind of put that on a pedestal and said, this is really where, where I want to go and what I want to do with, uh, a, you know, a good portion of my life. Right. Um, and that's and I think when I got the opportunity to, to, to own my own business and at, it ended up being kind of an ice cream shop. Um, tell me how I ended up on an ice cream so shop. So what do you mean? So, exactly know, so I think I know what you mean, but explain kind of an ice cream shop because I so, think that that's hold the on, hold on. part. Before we even go to the ice cream shop, uh, just the whole concept. I love how your, uh, love your favorite part of the day at the time was uh, lunch and networking. It reminds me when I was a teacher, we'd have uh, whenever kids got out of high school and they were getting their first job. And I keep saying, guys, it's not about the money. It's about learning a business, learning the systems. What can you do? What can you add? What can you gain? You know, stuff like that versus just the day in, day out. Yeah, I'm getting paid, you know? No, absolutely. And uh, you know what? That's really where I, I think the education part of being an entrepreneur comes in. And I, and I think that, you know, getting back to Jimmy's question of kind of an ice cream shop. So um, my family has always traditionally owned small businesses. Growing up, my parents had two laundromats. Um, my wife and I have owned a salon in, um, in the local Northern Rhode Island area for 10 years. Um, I've had the ice cream shop, the Lincoln Creamery, for the past five seasons. It's just what you learn along the way and along the journey of those particular businesses um, interwoven with the other experiences that you've had just in general in life make you a much more rounded um, business person, I guess you could say, for, or, uh, for, the lack, for, for lack of a better term. I like, but, I like that, what you're talking about, the personal experience, like things that you go through in your personal life and it relates back to the business and it's kind of like that, that full circle, right? Absolutely. Um, I've experienced a lot of that lately and that's, that's really helped me just gain broader perspective in any pursuit. Yeah. And, uh, and listen, I think that even what we're going through, I mean, you know, we're recording this, you know, in the midst of the, the COVID-19 pandemic, right? Right. Just everything that, and, and those kind of lessons that we've learned. So not only I'm pulling those in from, okay, we learned a, a really large set of lessons from what happened in the financial crisis of 2008, right? 2009 we're going to learn a whole new different set of lessons about what it means to survive as an entrepreneur going through something as, as crazy as what we're going through right now. And I think that, right. that those, and while, listen, I know I and understand uh, I'm certainly sympathetic. People are really taking it on the chin and really struggling right now, but the things that we're, that 
we're going to learn and the things that we go through, we're going to shape what our businesses are going to look like, you know, in the years to come. Um, and, and I think that that's really important to kind of highlight that, you know what, you might have a really, really difficult situation that you go through, it, whether it be in your personal life or whether you, or it be in your business. I think it just shapes you as a person and it shapes the entrepreneurial journey that you go through on a daily basis. Definitely. I think that those pivot points are, are, the, are the epitome of what could lead to success or could lead to your failure, right? You got to learn how to pivot the right way. And you're no, not always going to pivot the right way. And that's a great learning opportunity. It is a great learning opportunity. And I think that, you know, uh, you know, just for, so I kind of give a little bit of a, um, you know, a description of what I do on a daily basis. So I do, I run a full service ice cream shop. It's been um, uh, definitely a labor of love. Um, I, I typically contract out for my ice cream. I actually don't make all of my own ice cream at the shop. Um, and it's helped me to, to really broad base, grow the business. Um, I think you got to know what you do really well. Um, so we offer, you know, 52 flavors on the board, pretty much something for everybody. But I think the things about the business that I learned the most about are the operations pieces and the marketing pieces of the business. Let's, um, let's dive deep on those because I think the marketing is gold and people always people always think that they've got to come up with something new and creative. So maybe you can share your strategy and, and kind of how you developed it and made it your own. Yeah, sure. Um, so I, I think that we talk a lot of, you know, when we talk about marketing or when I talk about marketing, anyway, um, the, the ideas that you have, I think you draw on them from a lot of different places. Right. Yep. Um, so when we typically talk about, you know, marketing, it's, you know, how good your copy, how good is what you actually say, the words um, that are in that ad, you know, how good is your creative, um, whether it's a video or whether it's imagery or whatever you want to do that, that those two pieces are, are, are vitally important to what you have. And I think that, from the biggest thing that I think I've learned on the marketing end of things is how do you connect with somebody? And I think that for me, marketing is how do you re remain relevant and how do you make that personal connection with somebody over and over and over and over again? So, so ready I love, I love this part. So you guys don't know this. I'm reading the Icarus deception by Seth Godin. And he talks about how we live in a connection economy. And that's exactly what you accomplish. I was thinking about you reading this book this morning. I was like, Oh, this is exactly what Joe's doing. This is going to tee up well for the podcast today. So, and I think that that's that making those connections or making that like, so I'll give you a perfect example. So going through all this COVID-19 stuff, I've had to completely pivot my entire business. Um, my business is typically a, uh, a, a B2C, very interpersonal business where we have a lot of contact with customers. Um, you know, not toot my own horn, but, you know, sometimes on a Sunday, on a really nice day in the summertime, we have a line 45 minutes long. Yeah. Um, and and people wait. To, and people do it. To, you know, yeah. to, to actually wait for that product. Um, but with this and, uh, you know, the COVID-19 disaster that's going on right now, we've had to literally rethink our whole strategy because this is, you know, we're, we're recording this in, in April. Um, this is when I typically open up. Um, right. we're, we're now having to say, okay, how do we retool all of our operations in order to be able to one, keep our customers safe, 
two, keep our employees safe. Um, and three, you know, maybe um, we do enough business in order to be able to eke out a little bit of a profit, maybe break even. We don't know. We don't right. uh, we haven't necessarily started up for the season yet, but we're definitely trying to make sure that, you know, we're positioned well for all three of those things. Right. Um, and it's, you know, so getting back to the marketing pieces of it, how do I connect with people right now? So I was talking with my wife and I basically said to her, hey, listen, um, I think I want to film a video with you and my daughter, um, you know, where my daughter constantly says, mommy, 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 because that's the, that's really what people are going through right now. That's the thing right. that people are really um, experiencing right now. And how is it? And actually my, my daughter's coming in. I, I love this. I love um, this. So those are the things that you really have to understand um, kind of the human condition a little bit in order to be a great marketer. Um, yeah. And, and if you, if you can't really grasp that, um, it's difficult. It's going to make your marketing experience a little bit more difficult. Joe, you know what I love about this is that I know a few other restaurant people. And uh, right now, there's a couple that are working their butts off being creative like you. And there's a couple that just have their head in the ground, head in the sand, kind of like hoping it's going to go away. And as of right now, it's not going to go away. So what I love about what you're doing is you're trying to be creative. You're trying to, you know, pivot. It's awesome. No, absolutely. And I think that the pivoting is something that I, I guess as, um, as, a, as a business person, as, as somebody who has, you know, tried to, to make the best of a bad situation always, I think from my perspective, the ability to adapt um, is the best business skill that you can ever develop for yourself. Absolutely. Um, and the reason why I say that is because things change constantly. And if you're not able to, to literally look at the landscape that's right in front of you at this very moment and uh, assess it quickly um, and decisively, you're going to get left behind. Did I hear so, growth mindset? I so I yeah so honestly so this is Chris Chris my partner Chris at Lion and I talk about something similar where every day when you wake up you want to go out and the mindset is to go out and play that perfect game now in our own minds we know that the likelihood of us waking up and playing that perfect game every day is slim and none and <laughs> slim just left town right but you've got to have that mindset and then when you break off that perfect game you got to be able to adapt to the challenges that you're going to face right um, and it's <clears throat> Listen, we're going through a very challenging time, right? And we have to uh, assess quickly how things are changing. And if you're, I, I think the thing is, is I hear a lot of people complaining right now about what's going on, how quickly the government was to react, how quickly um, aid is coming to small businesses. Um, when I, I think the narrative really should be, okay, you got to this point because you believed in yourself enough to go out there and try something that is really different than probably about 90% of the country does, right? Right. 90% of the country is, is really, you know, wants to go to work, punch a time clock, come home, watch TV, go to bed. Let's do it all again tomorrow, right? Yep. 
for the people who actually are out there and wanting to be in a small business or want to be part of entrepreneurship, this is the kind of stuff you live for, right? You, you live to be in situations where you want to be the boss. You want to have the buck stop with you. These are the situations that you have to deal with and, and you have to be able to pivot, um, you know, intentionally um, and, and, and with a certain, you know, efficiency to you because, uh, again, it's that kind of bootstrap mentality that got you here in the first place. It's so funny that you say that. Like, that is a me. As you were saying that, I'm smiling because my dad made that comment to me two weeks into COVID and kind of the, the stay-at-home orders. It's like, well, what are you going to do? I'm like, this is prime time. He's like, you ain't worried? I'm like, no, I'm dialed in. I am, ex- I am sorry that people are, you know, dying from this this. Um, the sickness, this illness, and, and people are impacted that they're losing their jobs and potential businesses. But honestly, this is exciting from a historical perspective. We've never been through this. And it's exciting as an entrepreneur because we're going to learn things that others may not have had the opportunity to learn before. I, I completely agree. Um, and I think that, you know, what, uh, you know, I, I always tell this story. I don't know if it's necessarily true, but you know, uh, Tiger Woods once hit a ball, um, kind of in the in the thick stuff and he had to go over there and um you know i think his caddy turned to him and said well how are you going to get it out of this one and he said i'm not worried about how i get my ball out of the rough i'm more concerned about how i impress the gallery and that's really where this is the time to impress the gallery um it's time it's your time as an entrepreneur to really shine um and find creative solutions that are going to work for your business, um, and, you know, depending on what you have. Listen, if the government's coming and they've completely shut you down, there's not a lot you can do. But like, I'll give my wife as a perfect example, right? Um, my wife isn't sitting around right now, um, you know, kind of, you know, feeling sorry for herself. She got into her business. She repainted and redecorated the entire salon because you know what? When she comes back. She wants her clients to have a wonderful space to welcome them all back to. And I've seen all that happening. I've been curious. I've seen your truck over there. I'm like, I wonder what they're doing over there. Yeah. And and to me, that, that right there is not, is the entrepreneurial spirit. You know what I mean? You're going to knock me down. Fine. I'm going to get back up. And I don't care if you knock me down seven times, I'm going to get back up eight. That's really where your entrepreneurial spirit comes in and, and you have to find, you have to find that silver lining. And I know that that's really difficult to do right now. And listen, I, I do, I certainly acknowledge that people are out there and people are suffering um, from this disease. And, but you know what, at the end of the day, we're going to all get through it. And there is going to be light at the end of the tunnel. And there is going to be an economy when we come back. We don't know what that necessarily is going to look like. And it obviously is going to present its own challenges. But at the end of the day, we have to prepare for that. Absolutely. So let's dive into the nitty gritty because you talked about marketing. You talked about things that you learned on the operational side of things. I know there's one marketing program that you had shared with me a few months back that I think that you're going to roll into 2020 with the coupons and getting more people through. I thought that that was a really interesting kind of marketing idea. I don't know if you want to share that, if it's, yeah, if it's sure, too no, fresh no, or if there's no something problem. else. I'm, but I, I thought that like the research behind that of how you came to it and then how you get the folks to become sure. repeat customers, I thought that was thoroughly interesting. Well, so you know what, as an, as a restaurant owner, right. I think that 
There's certainly a shift in, um, you know, kind of marketing, you know, online marketing versus traditional marketing, right? So a lot of, I consume a lot of content. So I'll be the first one to admit, I'm not the biggest reader in the world. Um, But the way that I, um, I, I, I'm getting better with it. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm spending my 10 minutes every day. Um, And it's been a goal of mine this year to try to read a lot more. Um, but the way that I, I, I actually gain a lot of the knowledge base that has um, kind of really um, made myself a little bit more educated is through podcasts. Um, so right. you guys have a weekly podcast and, and really we're trying to, you know, I'm trying to learn as much as I can, not only on the real estate side, but I learn a lot about marketing um, from there. So uh, there's a definitely a huge split between what we do on the online marketing side. So if you sell a product or you sell a personal service um, and how you funnel people into that versus if you have a brick and mortar. So right. it's, it's holistically harder to, to market to a brick and mortar business because of the fact that you have to make that transition from I'm online to now you have to show up at my store. Right. Um, so in this, uh, this coming season, what I really would like to do um, is I'd like to devise a, a kind of an email campaign or um, sort of a text messaging campaign. So I think the biggest thing that we have um, going for our business and one of the touch points that we have, and I know that it's, it's, it's silly, but you can get a lot of conversation rolling is, you know, what do you call them? Jimmy's or Sprinkles? right? That's kind of, I know that, that that's the funny thing, but you would be surprised on how many people um, show up on which team, right? Right. So what I really do want to do is I want to create a text message marketing campaign that centers around, you know, are they sprinkles or are they Jimmy's? Text one or the other to us and we'll send you a coupon for a free topping which in this case would be sprinkles. I'm laughing on that because uh, we have a national audience. So as you're saying this, they're going to have no idea what you're talking about on Jimmy's versus exactly. sprinkles. <laughs> um, and, and listen, in other parts of the country, they're only known as sprinkles. Um, Jimmy's is sort of a new England thing. Um, and yeah. you know what we're, so obviously it's, it's really, but I think that goes back Frank to, knowing your audience, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's why I said that's it. For my customers, that's really what they, they've they known and grown up with. Um, and where somebody else might not have that experience. Um, another great example is, you know, coffee ice cream in the Northeast is one of the biggest sellers. Um, and where some other parts of the country may have no affinity for that, right? But there are other places like in the South, Flavors like butter pecan are huge. So it it all depends on that regionality of what you're doing. Um, So getting back to what we were doing. So the the coupon is really the the place where it all starts, right? So in the restaurant industry, you're very, very lucky um, if you get somebody to repeat business with you. Um, If you're going to go in there, you probably by the third or fourth time, they're pretty hooked. Um, and, and you pretty much have a customer for life. So we talk about lifetime value of a customer. What is that lifetime value? How do we get people into your system? And the age old adage of it's much cheaper to keep a customer um, that, it, that is frequenting your establishment 
than it is the cost to go out and acquire a new one. Um, so to keep people coming back in that system, what we're trying to do is once you come and you present that card to us, um, you know, making your decision on whether it was Jimmy's or whether it was Sprinkles, um, we're then going to give you a follow-up card. Now, this card might be something along the lines of, hey, here's a free Sunday or here's a two-for-one. That will bring the customer back a second time. Um, and then once they bring that particular card back, we'll give them something else like a free scoop or a free topping on a Sunday, something like that. Now they're all incrementally, um, they build on one another. Um, and the idea is obviously not only to bring that person back, but to also add it onto, so it's not a completely free deal, right? So the free sprinkles is an awesome um, offer, but no one's gonna come to my shop and just ask for free sprinkles in a cup. Right. You have to right. put it on something. So there's a, there's a component of you're trying to drive people towards um, uh, something that you have a very high margin on, right? So that you can sort of um, make up for any costs that might be lost by offering that item in for, for free. But if you put it onto a product, then for the most part, you're, you're making money on a deal. Uh, right. And that's where I think that you kind of have to understand what your numbers are and what your margins are on each of your individual products and where you can incentivize your customers in that way. Definitely. Um, so, and we're going to, we're going to try this definitely um, in, in the upcoming season. Um, and I think that obviously a lot of this will go around, you know, kind of the creative elements that we have. So we're definitely going to be trying more video this year. Um, video is, you know, for you know, anybody who's been living under a rock, um, video is the new marketing medium. Um, Absolutely. And I think that it is, from my perspective, what better way to do that if you're a restaurant or you're some, you know, you have a product that um, people are really looking for to, to really show that, um, you know, restaurants in particular, people always eat with their eyes. So. Yeah to provide them with <laughs> yes. something that is very tangible and, and, and um, very associative in that way, I think is really important if you're in the restaurant space as an entrepreneur, um, it's to try to make your, your food um, as appealing as the offer is that you're, you're trying to present. Absolutely. I'm with you hundred percent. And I can't wait to have some of those crazy Sundays that you guys come up with this summer. So <laughs> now with COVID going on, when do you, when do you expect it to open? So, um, you know, we're, we're recording this on a Thursday. Um, I'm actually going to open tomorrow, um, which is Friday. Um, what's tomorrow? The 17th. 17th. So April 17th. April. Normally we would open April one, um, you know, in every year that we've had before this, we've always done, but it's taken me a little bit of time. So we, in the off season, you know, I, you know, hindsight's 2020 here, but we transitioned our, um, we had a legacy um, point of sale service system. So if for any, you know, for any lay person, that's, that's kind of our cash register system and how we collect data. Yep. Um, we actually transitioned um, to a new company and they actually had an online ordering option that they ended up pushing out for free for um, a lot of restaurants who were impacted by COVID-19. That's awesome. Um, so we were, we've just spent a couple of weeks trying to iron out the system 
um, trying to make sure that we um, not only provide a good service and good product, but again, trying to keep everybody really safe. Um, and that's right. the thing with this. Um, we've actually devised, I think, somewhat of a pretty foolproof system where there's going to be no interaction between um, what the customer experiences and what the employees experience. So there's actually going to be a physical barrier between them and there's not actually going to be any contact. So the experience that we've kind of devised is, you know, customer is going to pull into a parking spot. They're going to take out their smart device. Um, wow. They're going to order online. Uh, and then we're actually going to call them when their order's ready and put it at a strategic spot in our courtyard that we have where the customer can just go grab it off one of our, um, our picnic tables that we have and then just go um, back in their car for them to be able to enjoy their product. Um, so there's very, very limited um, interaction between the customer and, and it's taken a little bit of time in order for us to be able to do that. Now, um, why did we do that? So um, the governor of Rhode Island has basically said that gatherings over five people are, you know, uh, basically outlawed. You can't, you can't have more, more than five people in any one space. Right. Um, if we were to operate our business the traditional way, um, we'd blow that out of the water probably in five minutes and probably get shut down by the health department. So we've really right. had to think about what is it that we can do um, in order for us to be able to make that transition. Um, so it's taken a little bit of creative thinking. Like I said, you got to pivot. Um, and, and we've, I think, come up with a, a plan that, you know, we all can agree on, um, you know, internally. And it actually reduces the amount of staff that we have actually required to do. Um, or, or to have on any given day. I just got to say that's amazing, especially when you think of your business that's always been a connection-based business. Mm -hmm. Just how you've been able to pull that off. You know? Yeah, and listen, we're we're also trying to um, you know limit our our employees' exposure. So we've instituted things like we're going to take temperature checks before everybody comes on to shift. Um, right we're only going to offer products that we know travel well. Um, so stuff like quartz and pints, um, milkshakes, stuff that is um, definitely a, a big scale back from what we would traditionally do. But again, it, it ensures the safety of our customers um, when we're putting product out the door. I think that's going to be the, the main key for all of this is, you know, until we have some relaxing of the, the restrictions that are going on, which I, I you know, I, I holistically feel are important on a societal basis. Um, we want to limit the spread of this um, so that we can actually get back to the business of being America, but also so we can work towards some type of vaccine that, you know, hopefully in the future, this, this won't be um, as catastrophic of an impact as we're seeing out there. Um, right. So, gotcha. I, you know what, and, and, and like I said, I think that, you know, putting our product base and adjusting our product base, so it's a little bit, it might be a little bit different and it might be a little bit clunky for some people, but I think at the end of the day, I'm going to put my head down on the pillow and, and say, listen, I did everything that I could to make sure that people were safe during this whole thing. That's really important. So let's go with our questions that we ask uh, every one of our uh, people that come on the podcast. So first thing, if someone wanted to become an invest, a better investor, what would you recommend? Um, I think do your research. Um, whether you want to get into um, real estate or whether you want to get into entrepreneurship, um, 
I think that my accounting background was a very big research basis for me to be able to go out and assess whether or not we had a, a, a good investment or not. So I, I see a lot of people who, you know, kind of fly off the cuff and say, well, it's instinct. Um, I just feel it. <laughs> we, we, that, Frank and I both lean back and start laughing at the same yeah, time. Right, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but I think that, you know, and where instinct might have, might play like a, a 5% part of it. Uh, you know, I'm, I've always been much more of a logical person than I've been an instinctual person. Um, yep. And I think that those things really matter and the numbers really matter. You have to know what it is that you're getting yourself into. Um, but also, um, I, I think the thing about being a good investor is not only knowing the numbers, it's also knowing how everything interconnects with one another. Um, Definitely. So I, I think where, you know what, your expertise might be sales or it might be marketing or it might be operations or it might be accounting, right? As an entrepreneur, you really need to connect all of those dots together in order for you to be able to be successful. Um, and I think that that to me is the most important part of being an investor. Like I really don't make a decision um, on my particular business unless I've tried to sit down and think through all of the operational things, all of the marketing right. implications. You know, it's great for me to say, hey, listen, guys, we're going to start a new Sunday tomorrow and here's all <laughs> the ingredients for it. But if I haven't thought through on an operational perspective or a marketing perspective about how that rollout is going to be, it's going to be a disaster. And I yeah. think if you're going to be an investor, don't let your first investment be a disaster. Do your research. Love it. So next uh, question is, uh, I know you said you don't read a lot uh, as much, but what is one book that you've read that you would consider a must read? Um, a must read book. Um, or one that you'd recommend right now. One that I would recommend right now, and the and the the author really escapes me, um, but the one page marketing plan, that like is that. a great book in terms of what you need to do in order to be able. It's sort of kind of moving backwards in the way that you kind of think about marketing. So when we think about marketing, I think we traditionally think about how it is that we're going to present creative or the things that we really like about marketing. But this book actually walks it back. Um, and it, you know, where a lot of people use books today to sell a course or to, you know, provide some other value down the line. Um, this book actually stands on its own and it really walks you through. Well, if you don't know who your customer, you know, your target customer is, or if you don't know the demographics of that customer, how are you going to accurately market that your business to that person? So that book really kind of shaped a little bit of how I, how I work at my marketing and how I'm going to look at it going forward. The author is uh, Alan Dibb, by the way. Yeah, that was it. I could remember the first name. I couldn't That's really remember right. the last name. So final question. Uh, what do you want to be when you grow up? What do you see yourself, you know, five years from now doing for business, et cetera? Um, I, I think it's, it, it's just I'm continuing on the journey. I might be doing different things. So, you know, the way that I'm connected with you guys is because I do have a real interest in real estate. Um, I think that people get a, a very tied up with what it is that they're doing right now. Um, and I, I think that the, the question of what do I want to do in five years, um, it suggests an endpoint. 
And to me, an entrepreneurial journey doesn't have an endpoint. It's how do we how do we continue the educational process to make ourselves better? I think that you know when you've gotten everything that you need out of a particular business because you know you're done. You know right. that you've gained the personal experience. You know that you've gained the, enough business experience in order to be able to move on to that next thing, to that next challenge that you might have and successfully conquer it. Um, it's kind of, the, they provide you with the building blocks. So Frank, I mean, I, listen, I, in five years, I could be in real estate. I could have multiple restaurants. I could I love it. You know, be in a completely yeah. different scenario, but at least I know that I'm continuing the journey and that's what's important. Well, I love that you had goals early on when you talked about goals earlier in the talk. So I'm not too worried about you. Who knows what the rest of us are going to be doing either, but some people have uh, plans and they, they were there moving towards those. So we were just oh, talking. Right. And I think that, listen, goals and plans are really important. Like, listen, I, I think that a good short-term goal for me is I want to buy, I want to really buy a three family house every year for the next 10 years. That's a goal that I, I like. I, I can I get behind that one. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, but in terms of, I, I think that there are, there are things that you have to identify where, you know what, you, you just have to, it's not necessarily what the concrete goal is. It's how you move towards it and how you take action. I think that there's a lot of people who r even write a goal down on a piece of paper, right? Yep. And say, hey, listen, that's the start. No, the start is actually you getting up and you going and networking. Or it's actually you going out and understanding what your local market conditions are. Yep. For me, in the ice cream business, it's how do I go out and I network with other shops and see what they're doing? How do I go out and see what the best flavors are? How do I go out and understand about different packaging types? How do I go out? So there's, there's a lot of different things and there's a lot of different questions that go into that and i think that the i think the best thing that i can say is whatever you're going to do wherever your five-year goal is just take action on it just go out there and do something um don't sit around and listen to gary v all day i love Gary. Don't get me wrong <laughs> but you know you're sitting around listening to gary v going yeah i'm gonna start tomorrow and tomorrow never comes that's not how you become an entrepreneur that's not how you become an investor um you have to go out and take action Love it. So Joe, if our listeners wanted to reach out to you, follow you, what's the best way to get in, get in contact with you? Sure. Um, so we're, we are online for even being a small ice cream shop. We are online. Um, you can reach me at www.lincolncreamery.com. Um, you can always email us at lincolncreamery at gmail.com. Um, if you wanted to uh, drop me a personal email, ask me something, or uh, you know, if you have any other questions, about restaurant industry, about just my personal background, um, you can reach me at jtashash at gmail.com. Okay. And what's your handle on Instagram again? Because uh, some of the ice cream photos are to die for. Sure. Um, on Instagram, we're at Lincoln Cream Ray. Perfect. So guys, we hope that you like listening to Joe. We hope that you're able to pick up a couple golden nuggets from this podcast. If you liked it, <clears throat> if you can leave us a five-star review on iTunes or on Google Play. We sincerely appreciate it. We hope that you enjoyed this episode of the Cashflow Kings podcast. In the meantime, feel free to check out our website at cashflowkings.com or give us a follow on Instagram or Facebook under the handle The Cashflow Kings. Cheers to your success.
The Castle Kings program is for basic entertainment purposes only. We do not give official legal, tax, or investment advice.